Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to this great case study episode looking at passive income from commercial property. You're going to meet one of Helen's clients, Stephen, and as they both dissect what a true cash flow commercial property looks like, you'll understand how Helen found Stephen great property that generates $72,000 of annual passive income after all expenses and interest are paid. So Stephen comes to Helen from residential investing. So you're going to find out why he switched to commercial property as his favorite new investing asset and the comparison to his previous residential investment. So listen to this insightful and humorous case study now. Welcome, Helen Tarrant here on Commercial Property Roadshow. I've got a very good client and friend of mine here, Stephen Johnson, and he's bought a couple of commercial properties in the last... 12 months, 12 months or yes. so with me and um, we'd just like to find out about his journey through the commercial property uh, purchases. So right. Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into commercial or what made you decide to get into commercial. Alright, well I'd been uh, looking around at property since 1993 I guess and decided that um, you know, like everybody residential was the way to go because you buy residential with the aim of you know getting a... Um, a capital gain at the end of a few years when you sell it and the whole concept behind my strategy in the beginning was to buy property admittedly negatively geared with the aim that in a certain period of time um, it'll be worth a lot more than what I paid for it. Now as much fun as that is um, and yet in time stuff has got capital gains but on the way most of the time you're actually taking money out of your pocket to pay for this property. And the challenge with that is there's only so many of those you can buy before it sends you broke. So I started looking around to try and find a better option. Now I saw Helen's course um, October last year, October 18, and watched it, uh, the whole two day thing, and I thought, wow, this sounds like a better way to go. So I got in touch with Helen's group and we met um, by phone a couple of days later and talked about how we can go forwards, what we, what sort of properties that she looks at, she invests in, and she introduced me to a property at Singleton, which is uh, inland from Newcastle, New South Wales. It was not an exciting property. It's a, um, a warehouse. It's got an electrical wholesaler in it. They sell um, electrical products to builders. So you were. Excited about well, you know the, the color of the building or the tiles no, or the no, it wasn't like you know you walk into a waterfront mansion and you go, ooh, that's beautiful. Look <laughs> at the view. Look at the infinity pool. It was like, oof, that's a nice cash register back there. You know, <laughs> I could have myself one of them. So we had a look at the property and drove up, and uh, that was a fun-filled three hours on a hot summer afternoon. I really enjoyed the sweating, and um, ultimately bought it. Now, it cost me 1.25 mil, and to make this easier for people to understand why I like it so much, um, I've got a property in Devonport, Tasmania, it's eight units, and it's worth $1.4 million. Now, let's assume we have the same amount of money borrowed on both of them that's 800000 
The Tasmanian one, after all the expenses, is giving me around about $30,000 a year in my pocket. You could really okay. live on that. Well, you could live on that. Um, I just don't like camping that much. Oh. So, you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot of air-conditioned tents. So, the, the, so we're talking $1.4 million worth of property, owing 800000 and at the end of the year it's giving me thirty. Okay. Look at the single term one that Helen found for me. It costs one point two five, so we're in a hundred thousand dollars cheaper by the time you take into account legals and stamp duties. Same amount of money borrowed, but the difference is every month it gives me six thousand dollars. At the end of the year that's seventy two thousand dollars. Less in less um, purchase price, same loan. Uh, what's that? Forty-two thousand dollars a year more. So, for some people who are starting out in this journey, yep. that seventy-two thousand is that like after all expense paid? So that's after rates, everything. What about mortgage? What about like all? The after things? all of that, after I paid for everything, council rates, which the tenant pays for, um, land tax, which the tenant pays a little bit of, after everything, it is still seventy-two thousand dollars a year. So in your pocket, you can just go on holidays with that. Look, I could go on a really good holiday for $72,000. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow. you could buy a small island for $72,000. <laughs> you could, you could. Yeah. But, um, so, how did you feel when you first saw that money coming in? Oh, it was a, a life changer. Because every time, you know, with the Tasmanian one, a lot of money came in as well. But then I had to pay for all these bills. I had to pay council rates at $10,000 a year and water rates at nearly $10,000 a year. And all of this money went back out. And the bizarre thing about the commercial one is most of it didn't go back out. And I was like, ooh, hello. That's nice. So it was a different, um, a totally different feeling. And, you know, it's over double the cash flow that the, the residential one does. Now, I'll be honest, when I first thought about going into this, I had the same fears and nervousness that everybody does. It's like, oh, it's commercial, I haven't done that before. Um, you know, oh, what happens if the tenant leaves? It's all, hang on, if the tenant leaves, you go and find another one. You know, but you look at this shop, and they've spent thousands of dollars on fixtures and fittings, but everybody knows where they are. Um, they've got a lease for the next three years. They've been there for, I don't know, 15 years already. So if you think about it, if you owned a business, why would you want to move? Unless the business goes badly wrong, you wouldn't. Every, all your customers know where you are. You've already spent all the money to set it up. Why would you want to move? So in some ways, a commercial tenant is less likely to move out than a resi one. I think that's where most people have the stumbling block, is that they see that... People have a lease for three years and a three-year option, and they yeah. kind of just see what happens in the three years. They think that, oh, what if the tenant's just going to pack up and leave? But in yeah. reality, the tenants spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they've got a huge amount of stock. It's yeah. really impossible for them to sort of just go, okay, well, a lease comes up next week. We're just going to pack up and go. Oh, and you wouldn't want to. You know, why would you want to move? If the business has been working for 15 years, why would you want to move it? Everybody knows where you are. Everything's already set up. You know, even everyone who's moved house knows how much brain damage it is to get the lights connected and the water connected in your name and get the internet on and deal with Telstra and all that sort of fun stuff. Imagine doing that in a business, 
right? Then you've got to reprint all your stationery. You've got to reprint your business cards. You've got to get a different phone number if you go to a different area so people can't get in contact with you anymore. It's just not the sort of thing that a business would want to do unless they're, you know, they're downsizing. Um, and, you know, it's not... Some, once I got into the first one uh, and got comfortable with the fact that, hey, these tenants don't want to move because it's going to cost them an absolute bomb... It made perfect sense to go commercial. So now that you are a commercial property investor, yes, you've converted. I'm a convert. <laughs> Praise be to commercial. <laughs> and what tips would you give to newbies? So, person, people who are never invested in commercial property, thinking of getting into it. Yep. What are some of your advice you would give them? Well, the first thing is to get educated first, right? Go and do Helen's course. Um, she covers every single aspect of the whole purchase, the whole looking at the market. She does everything for you. And you learn everything in two days that you never knew you didn't know. And I know that sounds like a ridiculous statement, but when you, you first start on this journey, you, you, you've got all these questions in the back of your mind and it's like a weird foreign language. But two days into it, it's like, ooh, hang on, I, I understand this now. And then you can go forward with a, little, a lot more certainty and, and start your journey. So step one is get educated. Step two is get yourself ready because you've got to have your company set up and you've got to have your tax returns and all that sort of fun stuff so done. getting structures done. Getting, get, getting structures done, get set up. And you'll learn how to do all of that at the, at the course. The next thing is to forget everything that you thought you knew about commercial. Um... And start to you know think about some positives rather than all the negatives. You know, you look at you know there's factories or industrial properties or shops that are all around you, and you look at some of them, and they've been there for 20 years, 30 years. You know, there's an electrical wholesaler near my house that I've been shopping at for 40 years. So you know, it's like, well, hang on, the, these if all these businesses have been there for a long period of time. Maybe the whole tenant running away in three years isn't a thing. You know, think about it on the basis of you know just looking around yourself and how many places have been there for an awful long time, and they've been paying really good rent to someone for an awful long period of time. <laughs> you know? lots of champagnes for those owners. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You now there's a lot of people who own commercial property and don't have to work anymore. $72,000 in your hand every year is going to change your life. Absolutely. That's mine. Well. So, there you go. <laughs> thank you, Helen. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, this is what I always say that um, people talk about when you go to property seminars that, you know, McDonald's is in the business of real estate, but they're actually in the business of commercial real estate and not residential. Yes. And Harvey Normans of this world, they didn't make their money through selling franchises. They made money because they owned and built the building that their franchisees are in. Everyone. And so, you know, that gives them perpetual income. So you've really got to think about, you know, some of our big hitters in this market have made their money through commercial property mm. rather than residential. And maybe residential is, um, you know, at this moment in time um, may not be performing as well. And mm. there's another time for it. Maybe right now, you know, the next step for some of you out there is commercial property. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you can always find out more on HelenTarrant.com. And uh, make sure you hit the subscribe and the bell so that you can be notified of our upcoming videos. So, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you in the next episode. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you and good night. 
You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.